You are listening to The Mark Milton Show with Smash. Hosted by former Department of Justice Tax Division Attorney Mark Milton, the STL tax lawyer. Here's Mark Milton. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to roll and ride. I'd be wearing my six all right, yeehaw, you're listening to the Mark Milton Show with the Smash and Solly broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios here at STL Tax Lawyer Headquarters. Smash, how are we doing today? I'm fine, man. I just heard the intro right there, and I'm proud of myself because I, I didn't say Mark Milton. I said Mark Milton. You see what I'm saying? I enunciated. Is that and how that you makes me happy. Yeah. They say Mark Milton down in Mexico. Oh, when do we go on. Mr. Milton. Yeah. That's how they say it down in <laughs> Down in Mexico. Rock has the Miller Furniture Studios. Big sales going on uh, for Memorial Day. Memorial Smash. Day. They have $4 million in inventory ready for immediate delivery at their Manchester location. Uh, actually, it's Ellisville on Manchester. Yeah, Check right. them out at MillerFurniture.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R Furniture.com. Smash, we're very fortunate right now to have a guest joining us, Representative Dan Hawks from Warrensburg, Missouri. Representative, welcome to the Mark Milton Show. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, uh, Smash. How you doing, partner? <laughs> in our in our pre-show discussion, I asked <laughs> Representative if he, if he knew who Smash was, and uh, he said no. And no, luckily, like Smash didn't have his headphones on to hear that, that response <laughs> at the good. time. Uh, Representative, you hail from the western side of the state. We actually, uh, Representative Hawk, I, I affectionately refer to him as Hoxie. Uh-huh. Um, we actually met in 2016. Candidate filing day, and uh, he was obviously successful in running for office. That, I was not. Is that Hoxie by proxy? Or? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do you, do you remember exactly. that meeting, that fateful meeting? <laughs> yes, yes. And, and maybe you were the, the luckier one not to get elected. <laughs> Some days I think that, but it's still, it still hurts to lose the Deb Lavender. There's, you know, that just still is a huge blow well, to the ego. I was looking forward to you in that lavender sport coat you were supposed to wear. That's right. If, if, if I won, I was going to have to wear a lavender sports coat the first day on the on the floor. But You'd been beautiful. It never happened. Well, we're glad you joined us. Um, I invited you on to talk about the state of sports gambling in Missouri. Um, you were the leader in the Missouri House this last legislative session. was just ended, actually, uh, trying to put forth legislation that would legalize sports gambling in the state of Missouri. Tell us, you know, why you why you wanted that bill to pass and sort of what, what it would have done for the state of Missouri. Well, you know, I wanted to pass for the fans. You know, it's already happening. Uh, you know, there's a little over 3 million bets placed just on the Super Bowl within the state. We know that uh, because of algorithms. And just we have people who tell us how, how many bets are placed illegally. So we're, we're right now our, our tax benefit zero. So we're trying to bring that. We're trying to get sports back to bring in some type of revenue for K through 12 education and also for our veterans. So what, I, what happened is last summer, I was actually in St. Louis uh, at a cards game and ended up talking to uh, Bill DeWitt, the, the president of the Cardinals. And we got kind of started talking about sports book and kind of stayed in the back of my mind. Uh, around October, I asked uh, all the teams, casinos and gambling platforms to meet me in Jeff city, not telling them what I was doing. I didn't, uh, the team thought I was just meeting with the teams. The casinos thought I was just meeting with the casinos. So I got them all in one room, and I said, hey, here's your opportunity. Let's get a coalition. We're all behind one one bill. We can move forward with it. Everybody got on board except one of the casinos. Now, they had a problem with uh, 
the type of information that's given out. Uh, the teams, the, the, the leagues actually own the information for tier two bets. And they were just, uh, they didn't like that part of the bill. But Explain, we explain forward, what that means. What, what is a tier two, two, two bet? Two. Yeah, all right. So a, a tier one bet is just the outcome of a game. So the, uh, the Chiefs are going to beat the Raiders uh, by the spread. So it's just the complete outcome of the game. You a think tier that two would bet, actually happen, uh, sir? I'm sorry? Do you think that would actually happen? The Chiefs beating the Rams or the Raiders? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does happen. Oh, it, does. it does happen. Okay, because I'm a Raiders fan. Are you? Right. I am. Okay. We, right. we won't hold that against you. <laughs> All right. Continue, so, please. Pardon the interruption. So, so, so a tier two bet would be if uh, Pujols is the pitcher and he's going <laughs> to right. throw a strike or right. you know, the batter's going to hit a home run. So that's the difference in the type tier bet. See, I didn't know that so, stuff. I, I don't. I don't gamble, so I don't know that stuff. Well, that's why you listen to the Mark Milton show. I know. If we like could, well, if we may, if we may let the representative yes, continue, sir, please continue, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, the odd thing is, I don't. I don't gamble either. Oh come on, so, really? Nope, I really don't. Wow. So we had a we had a, a good bill. We moved it through the House uh, relatively quickly. Um, got it over the Senate. Um, intentionally, I had a low tax number in there of ten uh, percent, and actually on the floor of the House. A Democrat offered a tax deduction. Uh, how weird is that? So we actually went down to 8% when it was sent over to the Senate. Um, got it through committees relatively easy. Got to the floor. Senator Hoskins over on the Senate side wanted to add video lottery terminals to it. Um, I've been a believer all along that video lottery terminals and sportsbook are two different gambling type of platforms in the state. And if I may um, say about the and their the acronym is VLTs video lottery terminals they're rampant correct. in Illinois I think yeah, it's horrible I mean you drive up and down 159 in Illinois and you see rubies you know yeah, right, rubies exactly. or whatever and it's literally just a place a thousand foot retail space where people can just go in and and play video is poker in another game am I, am I right on that correct okay uh, it's not a restaurant. I don't I think they serve anything. Gambling stuff. No, I don't think they serve anything. Now, what they do a lot, like some bars can have those. Really? And it's another source of revenue. But I, wow. okay, so so he wanted to combine that with the sports gambling. Your position was, no, they should be separate issues, which I happen to agree with. Correct. And so the bill got tabled on the Senate floor one night. It was not necessarily dead. It just got tabled. So I started working with Senator Hoskins to kind of come to an agreement. Uh, we came to agreement not to have VLTs, um, and we were trying to get the fees, uh, the licensing fees per, you know, the casinos would have to pay it, the teams pay it, and so do the mobile operators such as DraftKings or FanDuel or that that type of that's the mobile operator. Barstool, correct. Yep. So uh, we were trying to get the fees up high enough to do two things. One, to get money for our veterans, and two, to take care of our problem gambling if they're when states have gone to sportsbook, problem gambling has gone up. And currently right now in the state, we uh, budget about $250,000 for problem gambling, which is extremely low. Um, so what we were trying to do is get the fees up so we'd be able to have $5 million in problem gambling and then also get, uh, get our veterans about another $10 million annually going forward. So when we presented that to the casinos kind of on the 11th hour, um, they were against that. So the bill kind of died at that point. Explain what those fees. Uh, explain what those fees mean. So 
for a casino to operate a sports book, let's say you've got, you know, Caesars now owns the Lumiere, now going to be a horseshoe. So they have to pay a one-time fee to be able to operate a sports book on the premises. Is that how it works? Correct. It's an annual fee. And what would that so, fee be for like a casino? Well, so in my bill, the original bill, we were about, uh, oh, $150,000. And that wasn't, as as a bill moves forward, you kind of learn stuff. And we learned that that wasn't going to be enough to fund even the problem gambling issue that we were going to have. So we took the fees up to $750,000 annually. So per year, it would be a $750,000 fee. Um, and And the people who were allowed to have the, Sports book, obviously, our 13 casinos here in the state, plus our six major sports teams, uh, the Chiefs, Royals on my side of the state, and the Kansas City Current, which is the new women's soccer league, and over on your side of the state, uh, Cardinals, Blues, and the uh, soccer club there. So they would be able so to have on-site sports books? They would be able to have mobile op- mobile opportunity. Oh, wow. Right. And with the Correct. Cardinals, I would imagine Bally's and their partnership there it would be, you know, somehow allowing sure. Bally's to operate a sports app. Is that how it would play out? Well, there's several different casinos that have their own sports apps. Also, like I said, DraftKings, FanDuel, um, Barstool. So they could pick and choose who they wanted to do it. So it would be 13 casinos plus the six sports teams. How would the, like a DraftKings FanDuel, would they have to pay that fee too and they would be allowed to operate in the state of Missouri then? Well, correct. They would basically buy the what we call a skin from either the casino or the sports team mm. and operate it for those people, okay. whichever company they choose. So you'd be getting seven seven hundred fifty thousand per, per site or per, you know, per license plus 10% Correct. tax on every bet that's placed. Well, we were, we were, we, in the last bill we proposed to the casinos, it was a uh, 15% tax rate. Oh. Okay. So it would have generated for K through 12, um, the whole bill package would have generated about $114 million. And annually? Annually, correct. Okay. Wow. And then then also about uh, the $5 million wow. for problem gambling annually, annually and then another uh, roughly 10 to $12 million for our veterans. And that would be for our veterans home. And, you know, in, in Warrensburg, where I live, I have a veterans home. They can hold up to 200 beds, 200 veterans, but they only have under a hundred in there right now because of staff shortage. Um, so, you know, we need to take care of veterans. They took care of us. They let us be free. So we were trying to get them money at the same time. So now Hoxie, let me ask you, and I call you Hoxie as a term of endearment. Hoxie, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. So if they're making all these millions for the schools, all right, for the K through 12, Correct. The, question, the question that some people ask, and it just came to me is, why is there such a complaint on the schools if they can making that that kind of money, Hoxie? Well, you know, I, we didn't hear any opposition from schools. You know, what what it comes down to is when gambling passed thirty years ago here yeah. in the state, or in, yeah. in, in, you know, about thirty years ago, all the money was supposed to be directed to K through twelve. And of course, in big government, what happens? You know, okay, we bring in eighty million dollars more. I'm just using eighty million dollars as an example. Well we'll take $80 million from the current education and move it somewhere else. Huh. That's what, that's what's constantly happening in Missouri. Uh-huh. So we're always looking for new avenues to generate money for uh, our K through 12. So, you know, some might think, well, the bill failed because 
people are morally opposed to gambling. That's really not what happened here, right? I mean, this failed for sort of technical reasons. Uh, can you? I, I guess I, I'm just not understanding. No, well, as you know, in the House, there's 163 members. Um, the bill passed by 115 votes. You know, you do have some people that morally do not like gambling. Uh, we call we have what we call the preacher caucus. We have several ministers actually in our in the Missouri House, and of course they're all going to vote no, which is fine. Yeah. But it did pass 115 to 34. Some people were absent that day, but you know it was overwhelmingly supported. And I believe in the Senate, it probably would have gained 22 votes out of the 34 members there. So it, and it's something that it pulled really well. If it actually probably went to a ballot initiative, which that might be the path for it, it would probably pass. Yeah. So why did it fail? So, so it got tabled in the Senate, but you said Senator Hoskins came around on, on not making the uh, VLT VLT. part of it. So then why well, it, we just run out of time this session? Do you think there's hope next next year it'll get passed? Two parts. We did run out of time, and the uh, the casinos, the 13 casinos, all were not on board uh, to move the bill forward. You know, if you take um, – you, you look at the state and especially the Senate, you know, I think if I counted right, there are eight senators that have casinos in their district. Actually, nine senators. So – those casinos say, hey, don't vote for this bill. You know, all of a sudden, you're already down 12 votes. Now you lose nine more that were probably going to vote for it. The bill wouldn't, would have never passed. And it's because they didn't like the amount of the fee? Correct. So if it were a lower fee, then they would have supported it. And do you know what that number would have been? And I guess I don't understand. So they'd rather not have it at all than pay that fee? Is it? I guess they figured, hey, it's not going to be profitable for us at that fee possibly i you know i didn't get into the semantics with them um but i did make a promise and senator hoskins did also that we'll work over the inter- interim with them to come up with a workable bill for all of us so we go into next year and get it passed yeah because i mean right now you've got illinois you know and on the st louis side of the state you know where it's legal i know people that drive over to illinois just to place bets on their apps and so Kansas now passed legalized sports betting, which is your Iowa, your Nebraska, state. Arkansas, Tennessee. They all have it. So it's just us, Oklahoma, and in uh, Kentucky. Of the eight states that border Missouri, uh, correct. So okay. it's Kentucky and Oklahoma that don't have it. All right. So and yeah, go ahead. Oklahoma's sorry. working on it. And, and you know, there's a, a thing that's called geofencing. You know, you can't use your barstool app in the state of Missouri, but boy, as soon as you cross the river, it pops on. You can place your bet. You can actually, I was able to watch it. They had on a computer program where, you know, you see this car going across the bridge and then all of a sudden, boop, their app turns on. They go up one exit, turn around, come right back. Yeah, Sally and I have had to take Smash's phone away from him and set some restrictions because he was kind of having some issues. We oh, really? we thought he he's part of that problem gambling you you so <laughs> casually referred to, the 1-800-BETS-OFF uh, crew. Right. You know, I tell you what, though. I tell you what, though. I don't gamble, but boy, when I see a horse, like I can't remember the name of the horse who won the Kentucky Derby or a couple Rich weeks Strike. Ago, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, man, I wish I'd have been a gambler that day, you know, 80 to one right. odds, you know, you could be set for and life you, off 81 odds, couldn't you? Well, and you know, for, for, for fans who are sitting actually at say Bush stadium and it's, it's kind of yeah. a slow game. 
you know, you could pull your app up and, and like I said, is it going to be a strike, a ball, a home run? You know, you can engage more into the game just because you're there and yeah. it's going on. Well, but I will say, I mean, I don't know. I, I think legalizing for Missouri makes sense because you have these other states doing it. Now, does that mean if everyone's doing it, we should do it? Like, I mean, you could use that argument for drugs, prostitution. Yeah, right. I, I don't know how I really feel. I think it's bad. I think gambling is bad, but if people are doing it anyway, then I think the argument is we can make a lot well, of money off this. We can regulate it, yeah, et cetera. Right. Is that how you feel 30, about it? Well, there's 33 other states, including the District of Columbia, have already legalized it. Yeah. Wow. I went so, to the Capital One Center for the A-10 tournament. They have a Caesars Sportsbook inside the right arena there? that you can go in and out wow. from the arena. Uh, it, it's a pretty awesome facility. Yeah. And I look at Missouri – I feel like I don't know. I don't have the stats to back this up, but I, do we not have the most casinos per capita in the country? I mean, when you think about St. Uh, Louis, we've got four. Uh, it seems kind of crazy. I don't know that number, Mark. I, you know, I would assume we're probably pretty close to it. Yeah, and I think about the economic impact. Like, if you had, you know, a March Madness party like they have in Vegas at the Downtown Horseshoe Casino, I mean, you draw people from a 300-mile radius. You have a big party, buffet, open bar, all that. I mean, I could see there being a real, in addition to the app features, having a, uh, you know, on-site experience when you have, you know, a sports book at a place like Ameristar or or Hollywood or or downtown at the New Horseshoe. Right. Or, you know, they'll just, even on draft day, you know, people go to sports book in in, uh, Las Vegas to watch the draft day. Wow. So... You know, this almost is kind of because I only thing I know about gambling is what I see Wendy and Marty Bird doing on Ozark. All right, because they own the Riverboat Gambling little Casino they got going over there. But I'm thinking to myself, if you weren't a gambler, that app does it not give you a privacy that no one else would know you're gambling other than yourself? Yeah, there there are privacies built into the app. Yeah. But there's a trail. I mean, when you're using well, a bookie is. or using, ca- I mean, like I guess that's the thing. Be, yeah, that, yeah, from yeah. a tax standpoint, I mean, there's a trail of your winnings and your your ah, losses yes, and right. things like that. So they're going to get out to the public, right? Probably not. No, I'm sure no. they're not going to release that. But the IRS audited you. They could say, "Hey, I want to see a record of your uh, barstool winnings on right. your." You know, they could request right. that through a summons. So I got a casino well, in my pocket, is what you guys are basically, saying. Basically, yes. Wow. Basically, yeah. If you know how but to you, use your phone, though. See, the problem is Smash doesn't really know how to use his phone. I'm older. Oxy, so we've had issues <laughs> with really ringers. Well, those, rotary, those rotary phones are coming back. <laughs> Calendars. <laughs> They're coming back. He can't back. sync a calendar. He has a lot of trouble. <laughs> He's still using a – well, you got a, you've got the Samsung, too, Sally, so I guess I should Oh, be I've careful. got the Samsung, but I know how to use it. You see, with Smash, <laughs> he was looking for the feature to get a party line. Yeah. Right, now, Hossie, did, you, did you watch Ozark? Did you did you watch our Ozark on Netflix? Myself, yeah, I've watched. It. I haven't finished it, but oh, it's well, I won't ruin it for you. But I have some it, thoughts. On the film. But I think it's that? interesting. I feel like it's kind of real, like the way yeah, Missouri operates. I thought they did a pretty good job. It. it uh, I don't know if you've heard the news, but down at the lake of the Ozarks, they're actually trying to get a tribal land um, to have a Indian casino. Really? Yeah, I have heard that. Do you think that's actually going to happen? I guess that would be a, is that more of a federal issue than a state issue? That's a federal issue. So there'll be zero tax dollars going to the state from uh, that because it's federal so land. Technically, that's why you would see that land. on, 
That's why you would see that on Yellowstone as opposed to Ozark, because on Yellowstone, they're trying to jack the family around over there, and Kevin Costner ain't going to have nothing to do with it. Right, right. But the backwoods people like uh, Ruthie, I think, are pretty, I love pre- Ruthie. pretty prevalent in the Ozark <laughs> area. Um, and I think the series is incredible, and it I think is. they do a really good job, but I won't, I won't spoil it. So, uh, Hoxie, you're, you're six years in now. I mean, you've done... Six years in. It goes quick. Yeah, it, it's flown by. Um, what's next for you? Are you gonna? Uh, I know you've got. You're a businessman. You've got a lot of experience. What do? You, what's your? What's your plan for the future? You know, I'm working out. Uh, I've been the Senate redistricting. I've uh, if I do run in two years against a sitting senator, that's there's a thought there because um, you know all Senate. the new districts came out for state senate. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, come back home. I got plenty of stuff to do. You know, when you're gone for five months a year and you. <laughs> you realize how much work you've missed out on. So yeah, uh, we're just kind of playing it by ear right now. See, and I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second because I have a real problem with term limits. You know, they're they're politically popular. Everyone wants term limits. But you got a guy like him, yeah. Oxy, who's forced out of the legislature potentially after eight years. And if he can spend more time there, get more experience, have more clock, sure. like you need good people in there. And I just I have a real problem with term limits. Do you think there's any – Feeling that, I mean, do you feel that way, or, or is there any chance that we reverse course on this term limit thing in Missouri? Because I think it is really detrimental for our state. Well, the, the institution of knowledge is left with the lobbyists now instead of the <laughs> people, the duly elected people. It's true. So well you know, said. if if they want a bill, they'll just wait you out until you're termed out. Yeah. You know, they have all the time in the in the world. They'll just wait you get wait wait a elected official out until they're termed out, who you know causes problems for them. So, uh, you know, I think there, Missouri could do something like, okay, you get a total of 16 years. You could spend it all in the house or split it up however you want. You not necessarily eight and eight. You could, uh, you know, do two years in the house. Then all of a sudden that Senate seat opens up and do 14 more in the uh, Senate. You know, that's where I think it would be a lot better if you want to keep under the term limits of a total of 16 years. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, our state losing people, on an arbitrary basis because the term limits is not good. And again, I know it's popular to say, like you look at Washington, you got senators that have been there for 50 years. I don't think that's a good thing, but uh, in the state, I think we would all benefit from having more experience in the legislature, Expertise. more knowledge. Um, and like he said, not having allowing lobbyists. To, I mean, cause think about it. You get in there first two years, you probably don't know what's going on next two years. You kind of get a better feel for it. And then maybe your third term, you're feeling more confident and have the ability to kind of step up. And then all of a sudden you're looking at, what am I going to do next? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I always thought that to have somebody in for two years, they're just ready at the end of the the two years. They ought to have another year at least to apply themselves because now they've become educated to the task, shall we say. Well, and nationally you got two years and, you know, you spend half of that campaigning for the next race. Exactly right. Right. So, so it, it, you know, it, it's, I'd like to see more professional people get into the game. You know, people who sign both the front and the back side of a check, but it <laughs> pays $37,000 a year, yeah, you know, right. A professional it, myself as being a home builder, yeah. I quit building houses in 2016 because I'm gone five months a year. You just can't, I couldn't juggle both items. So I just keep to my rental properties now, but it's a huge loss for me. Well, how come they pay people that little for that important a job? 
couple of different states, you know, actually we're paid pretty well because technically we're yeah. citizen legislatures. Well, legislators were there for five months of the year. You know, if we oh, were there all year long and okay, you yeah. multiplied it out, gotcha. it'd probably be a hundred thousand dollar job. Yeah. Yeah. But it's but not a part-time at, job. I mean, you're working year round when it, you know, you're in session in Jeff city, which is brutal. Sure. I mean, to leave your home and be there during the week and then you've got constituent services that are year round. Oh yeah. It really is a full-time job. I it is. I ever tell you about the time I, I was going to run for mayor of Chesterfield? No, no I never. I heard filled that. out all the papers, did all the paperwork. Uh, Hoxie, you know, you can relate. And just as I was leaving, I turned back around. I went back to the lady. I said, "By the way, how much does this job pay?" <laughs> and she said, twelve thousand dollars a year." I said, twelve thousand dollars a year? This is about fifteen years ago. And she said, "Yeah, it, we consider it a, a, a part-time job." And I said, "Hey, I'll stay in the band. Smash Band makes more money than that." So I stuck with my band. Otherwise, I might have been there with you, Oxy. Right. And, you know, Nebraska, they're only paid $12,000 a year. No, really? Yeah. Wow. Now, I don't say this in the wrong way. How can they expect, personal opinion, I'm talking about the electorate. I'm talking about the government. How can they expect a, a full-blown effort on your part if you're only making 12 Gs? Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I wouldn't do it for $12,000. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah. So now, so now the session's over. What do you got planned for the summer? You got any RV parks near you in Warrensburg uh, with the fish biting, or uh, what do you got? What do you got going on over there? Because he's got an well, RV you know, now. Hoxie. I got an RV now, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, no, I did not know that. Yeah, there's. I mean, we got Nod Monster State Park nearby. Okay. Don't know if fish are biting yet or not. And now you can come pull up my place. I got an RV plug in. Oh, perfect. Here at the lake. Nice. Yeah. Outstanding. What the, do I got to wrap it first. We're working on putting some sort of wrap on it. STL tax lawyer. Really? Cool. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Nice. Well, we appreciate you know, uh, No, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Just normal summer. Back yeah. to work and, uh, you know, catch a few things when I can. Well, don't you have a big fish fry every summer? Fundraiser? I do. Coming up June 12th. Yep. June 12th. All right. If you're in the Warrensburg area, go check out the Dan Hawks fundraiser yep. fish fry. June 12th. You uh, you inviting uh, Raiders fans there, Hoxie? Yeah, we we have few. Oh, right. I've Only if you bring one of my best friends. <laughs> Only if you bring signed on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's Representative Dan Hawks. We appreciate you joining us to talk sports gambling. Uh, we wish you the best and appreciate you being on the show. Great, y'all have a great day. All right, All right, see you later. All right, this is the Mark Milton Show with the Smash, broadcasting from the. Miller Furniture Studios, presented by stltaxlawyer.com. Smash, what do you think of uh, Oxy? I tell you what, all the uh, all the guys you bring in as as the guests, they're they're talkative type of people. Hey, he's it's a great like, guy. It's like uh, I can't remember his name, but the the pickleball champion here. Yes, the great Ryan Dickerber. I tell you what, these guys know how to talk this stuff, and I know you've seen it being a producer and everything, uh, Solly. But I don't know how many times I've had guests on. I had to pull everything out of them to try to get them to talk, but you make it happen. Well, see, I was going to say, I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it. I mean, I think I'm a pretty good facilitator. You know, you got the point guard. I agree, Mark. I think that if this whole lawyer thing fails, you could make up to thirty five, forty thousand a year, maybe as a really, really good producer. That's big radio money. That is big radio money. We just got to get some more sponsors. Yeah, we got to get some more sponsors, and then we can, you know, maybe, you know, give up the whole law practice thing. Oh, wow. Well, you know what we need to do for sponsors? We need to set up a networking event at Rosalita's. Yes. Yes. I'm actually taking my mother to Rosalita's today for lunch. 
No not, kidding. What not, time would that be? Uh, well, you're not invited, so it's, it doesn't really matter. But it's after the show, after we record here. Going to take her to lunch. It's kind of a belated Mother's Day. I think so I say. Now, Smash, yes. do you think this is fallout from when we wined and dined on Mark's tab that time a couple weeks ago? Well, I imagine he probably saw that by now. And the thing about it is he missed his mother's birthday. Then he missed Mother's no, Day. So I did he not miss do something. I, did I didn't see you in a picture. Just her and a bunch of little kids. First of all, I don't need, keep your family's name out of my mouth, Smash. Keep my family. <laughs> Out your mouth, Frank. Come over. I'm gonna come across the table and slap you. That's too good. Keep it out of your mouth. That's too good. But Rosalita's is fantastic. Looking forward to lunch there. I'm gonna get my fajita set up with my uh, steak appetizer. Happy hour every day, four to seven. Check them out during the week. Are <laughs> we gonna lose a little bit? Oh, get the get the defibrillator. That Uh-oh. was genius. Pretty good. Um. So that let's talk. Genius. We're gonna go into another segment. Let's just keep rolling. Let's Should go. We just keep rolling. Well, let me pull the mic up here. There, there, gone it. There you go. Okay. There we oh, go. you got let's it. Let's rock. All right. Let's talk Rosalita's Cantina. It's the best Mexican. I love the around. place. So I'm gonna have a nice lunch there. Maybe go back for happy hour. What Is time you say it was gonna be? It's, again, you're not right. It's smashed. So it's we're not, in the picture. After we record, we're recording here, and then we're going to head over there for lunch. Um, I want to talk about the economy. Could we? What country? America. Oh, the sorry. world. Go ahead, sir. If we may. All right. Prices. Formula shortages. Preposterous. What is going on? What's I'm going concerned, on? Smash. I'm I very what's concerned. Going on. I'll tell you what's going on. It's setting us up for the future of high prices to be the norm. Well, yeah. And then once they're on. the norm... That's just the way it is. Well, no, the the issue is the weakening dollar. The, it, the, it's not, okay, here's the deal. Sure. So in my view, yes, there's inflation, but it's the weakening of the dollar. Yeah, and that's right. what's scary. If you think about how far you're, I mean, when you print $4 trillion and give it away, and yeah. now you're talking, you know, forgive everyone's student loans yeah. and all this crap that the left is putting out there, it has an impact. Yeah. And so- you think it was You're, wrong to put forth uh, relief money during COVID? Yes. With the checks they sent out? Yes. Disastrous. Yep. And, 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 and let me back up. The entire reaction to COVID, I mean, two years ago, Smash, I talked about on this show yep. how the reaction was not justified by the circumstances. Right. And the fallout is only just beginning. I mean, when you think about education, kids' education, yeah. how far are they going to be set back by, you know, especially in the low-income communities, not being able to go right. to school every day. Not being able to get meals at their schools every day. Um, Can I stop you for a second? Sure. When you talk about schools in the low-income communities, that kind of pisses me off, and I'll tell you why. Because all these people are putting forth these multi-million dollars out of gambling, and the schools are still decrepit in their own way. Why, when you got $120 million set aside for the schools? Why are the schools failing? Yeah. Well, I don't... If you're talking about outcomes in terms of kids, I still think education starts at home. And I think I'm with you on in, that. in yeah. low-income communities, whether black, black, white, brown, whatever the case yeah. may be, if you don't have a good foundation at home, right. then, you know, teachers aren't supposed to be social workers, right? They're supposed right. to be teachers. And that's the other thing, what we did with COVID. And we turned teachers into mass police. That's right. I mean, they're having to spend more time trying to figure out how to keep kids six feet apart than trying to actually teach them things. Yeah. And so... You've got the educational crisis. Financially, I mean, you had money. So, yeah, I spoke at that fraud conference down right, in Florida. Right. $600 billion is the estimate on the fraud as a result of COVID relief. Whoa. Program. $600 really? billion. You had wow. foreign actors 
setting up LLCs, yeah. setting up bank accounts, trying to get PPP loans, trying to get these uh, the economic, you know, the uh, economic injury loans that through the SBA. I mean, six hundred billion with a B. When I heard that, I was shocked because that's an enormous amount of money that was just basically flushed down the toilet. When you think about the yeah. COVID relief, now yeah. I will say, I think because of the, the lockdowns and forcing people to shut their businesses, the government had to do something. So I go back to why did we have the lockdowns? To me, that's where the that's where the mistakes were made is the reaction, and then necessary as part of those reactions was having to you know shell out all this money in yeah. terms of unemployment, PPP loans, right. all of the uh, cash that basically got printed, distributed, and now you know, it's, it's gone or it's just sort of out in the ether and, you know, we don't really have anything to show for it. And then you talk about cities like St. Louis got $500 million yeah, as part of the right. federal. I mean, there's money like that in every city. What are they going to do with it? Did you they think do they're going to spend it wisely? No, not yet. But I'm saying like, is that well, money? What's your definition of wisely? Well, there was talk of, you know, Tashara Jones was going to just give everyone yeah. 500 bucks a piece. Well, what does that accomplish? Exactly. Nothing. Like if you're going to do something Nothing. with that money, make it, have an impact, get, yeah. get some kind of return on the investment. But the problem is, I, you know, I have zero confidence that the city of St. Louis will do anything smart with that money. They'll blow it. And then again, that's $500 million the federal government printed and is wasted. Yeah. I'd have to say. So that's why we have inflation. That's why yeah. prices are going up right. because we're printing money and there's so much cash at us dollars out there that yeah, sure. Prices are going to go up. If you can print money that easily, it really means money is worth nothing. It becomes Doesn't less it? valuable. Yeah. Right. It's 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 so is this where the Chinese come in with? Well, the, uh, that's the Zen, concern. Yen or whatever. It's that's called? the concern is that yeah. if the U.S. dollar, if people lose faith in the U.S. dollar and Europe goes I for mean, China, I think that Asia goes for China. The good news in this scenario is that this was a global crisis and yeah. everyone was sort of impacted by it. It wasn't just the United States. And so hopefully, you know, we can still maintain our uh, our dominance on the global stage. And also, I think people trust the United States more than they trust China, yeah. just inherently, so that should help us, you know, maintain the U.S. dollar as the standard bearer. But that's a huge risk because if that happens, if people stop, you know, accepting the dollar and decide they're going to go, you know, to the yen or yeah. whatever the foreign cryptocurrency or whatever yeah. the next, you know, hot new uh, Bitcoin, you know, type currency might be, that could that could spell real trouble for us. You know, how does this Bitcoin thing loom for the future? Is that it for real thing, or is it just just use the term? a monetary fad. I think the blockchain technology is here to stay. Yeah. Whether or not, you know, and Bitcoin was the, the first one of the right. cryptocurrencies. And I mean, it's plummeted in value the last few weeks, very extremely volatile. Right. Um, and I, I'm not a blockchain expert, but my, I mean, just the, the concept of the, you know, the ability to see every transaction and there's a, a public ledger out there. I mean, I think that um, has potential to change the way, we look at money and yeah. currency. I mean, think about money right now. When you go to, you know, you look at your bank account online. I mean, that's not really cash. I mean, it's all sort right. of virtual money. Like bank, right. your bank doesn't have, if everyone came calling for the money that, that, that appears in their account balance bank at the local bank, they don't have that money. Right. So it's all sort of virtual in a way now. Yeah, it it's not backed by gold. Yeah. It used to be the U.S. dollar was backed by gold. We went off of that. And so now it's What's all. What's it backed by now? Nothing. Nothing. The full faith and credit of the United States. Right. right. So I mean, wow. at this point, and I can't get a car loan. <laughs> you trying to get a car? You can't. I was. I can't. Why? And we maybe take this well, offline. Be, well, <laughs> 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 all 
Arpo. Credit woes. You got credit woes. <laughs> Call 1-800-BETS-OFF, smash. If you stop going over to Illinois, if you would stop going to Illinois save some money. to DraftKings and Casino Queen parking lot, I was thinking we could take the RV over to the DraftKings, um, spend the weekend there. Smash, what do you think? We could broad- do a, If we get DraftKings as a sponsor, we could do a live broadcast in the RV, in the RV lot at the Casino Queen. Oh, Bring yeah. our guns for protection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could, and we could even using the apps. We could even place our well, not smash obviously, well, but with the credit issues, we, you know, or the fact that issues. once you call one eight hundred bets off, that yeah. you know you're banned from going into the establishments. But you and I, you know, we could do it from the comfort of the RV. We wouldn't have to even step into the book or anything. Yeah, I'm reminded of a good buddy of mine who spent a night reading a pamphlet. That had a little sun setting on the front, and it said, "When the fun stops," you know. <laughs> it's a gambler's gambler's. Uh, That's funny. But I, I I, getting back to the gambling issue, though, All right. I am concerned about. This is the problem too with our government and society. It's like we take the easy way out. Yeah. The easy thing is to say, "Let's legalize everything and tax it." Yeah. The hard thing would be to say, as a society, are these things we should really be condoning accepting like it's kind of like the it's almost like the kid who says well he did it right yeah so like that's the justification for everything now well 35 other states legalized gambling why shouldn't we but is it right is it the right thing we should be encouraging as a society what do you think about that smash well i tell you what uh when it comes to the gambling thing i was astounded when gambling on a national scale started because i thought is this going to hurt las vegas or not and all this done is create a bigger boom town it's exposed more people to gambling right exactly right remember the casino queen when it opened you had to go out on the water for two hours i did the grand opening and even when some of the boats started going dockside they still had to simulate cruises i mean even on the missouri side when they opened up the center in maryland heights those were not even made to look like boats or anything but you still had to have boarding times that's why they technically at the time had four different well, casinos and they talked remember the phrase was boats on a moat because they would oh, create yeah. a body of water that's right they still do that for I the think. gaming floor to sit on top of and i think a maristar might be that way it um, is all I, I think all the casinos in the area are at least technically even the one downtown built hollywood water. casino started as a boat on the moat casino. yeah but i mean but there. my point is is there a parallel between the downfall of America and our reliance on vice as a means of sustaining ourselves? Man, well, that that's off. how that the Roman Empire. That was pretty good. I don't really yeah, think exactly. so. I, I think almost every society is based on that. No, somewhat. China doesn't allow it. They don't have a single vice. No, I'm saying they don't legalize it and condone well, it. Well, maybe not, not gambling. Populace. Prostitution, drugs. I mean, you, you, yeah, you right. get killed if you get caught with drugs in China. Yeah. How about that uh, one basketball playing uh, lady? She's still in Russia. Yeah, oh, Russia is very dr- yeah, they're very repressive on ten years in prison for bringing in some THC carts. So that's my Sheesh. question: Are we are we allowing? I mean, are, are we? I mean, why did we prohibit it before, but now we're allowing? Because we need quote unquote need the revenue, right? right. That's right. What wow. changed? Wow, this man's- I tell you what changed, man, is the imagery, imagery that we as the populace got to the get-rich-quick scheme, to the show business scheme, be a football player, be a, an entertainer, be a singer, go gamble, get rich quick. But that's not hap- That's not the reality, though. No, it's not. Problem people don't work is, anymore, man. Is, I mean, you go, go over on a on a, paid, a Social Security payday and check out the Casino Queen parking lot. Yes, sir. I mean, exactly it's literally right. people cashing 
their government checks and going yeah. in and playing slot machines yeah. for tens of hours. Second Wednesday of every month. It's not good. I know. Now, were you a proponent of the loss limit when Missouri had it? Ah, yeah. Well, see, the libertarian in me says, no, we shouldn't restrict. I'm just pointing out that it seems like, you know, in the past, you know, morality was something that legislators and other yeah. people, I mean, you heard what we talked about. I mean, the, the morality of it, it really has nothing to do with this bill not passing. Yeah. It's all about business and yeah. whether the fee's enough. It, so it's just interesting. I'm just pointing out how we've changed as a society yeah. to where these vices are just It's accepted. the phoniness well, of get rich quick, man. Well, when you look at society, there's lots of behavior that's accepted now that you go back to maybe Smash's younger days, way back when. I don't know if we can even study that nowadays in history, but you go back and you see behaviors that nowadays are common or were frowned upon 50, 60, 70 years ago. Well, sure. Yeah. What did I ever do to you? I mean, I think progress is one thing, but to me, like relying on these things to fund programs and other things, like it's just... I think it's kind of disingenuous because, I mean, it, there are real harms to it. Now, if you want to say, hey, it's happening anyway, and, like, this is just, you know, bringing it out of the shadows, fine. But you could say that about drugs. You could say that about yeah. prostitution. Like, so why don't we just legalize everything and just, you know. And maybe legalizing prostitution is the way to go <laughs> because you regulate it and you make it safer. Yeah, perhaps. That's a good point. Perhaps. Don't they do that in Amsterdam or somewhere like yeah, that? I don't know. I've never yeah. been. In parts of Nevada. <laughs> parts I've never been. Never been. Well, this yeah, has the been bunny an interesting, ranch, right? very informative yeah. discussion. Solly knows, man. He's been to the bunny ranch. Has he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> he that bunny ranch, ranch, but... But talking a game, I mean, have you seen the Phil Mickelson? $40 million, they're saying? Phil Mickelson gambled away over a four-year period? I mean, no, that's really? real harm. I mean, What they, is this Saudi thing they're talking about, Saudi oh, Golf boy. League? What is that? Do you know? Yeah, I know. I mean, yes. It's, what is it? It's an alternative golf league to the PGA Tour oh, that is trying to attract... to it. Yes, it's an alternative to it. Well, here's the deal. The PGA Backed by Tour, the Saudis? Correct. Wow. And led by Greg Norman, the shark. Oh, yeah. I actually right. watched the 30 for 30 about Greg Norman. It's pretty interesting. Right. I was always a big fan of Greg Norman. I, I always liked his days. logo. Right. If I could get a J.C. Penny, you know, shark Greg Norman shirt, that was a good day. The hat with a shark band yes, around him. Straw hat, yeah, like yeah, Joe yeah. Milton wears. He likes yeah. to wear the straw hats. Yeah, he does. On the golf course. Um, but, yeah, the Saudis are back in his golf league reportedly, you know, or Going to pay Phil Mickelson $130 million to be their, you know, really? their, their main guy. And, you know, they've offered but money the to others. PGA says you can't do that. Correct. Yeah, it's a threat. So their PGA Tour is saying if you do that, we, we may ban you from the PGA Tour. So that's why it's led to this conflict. Phil Mickelson made some comments to a reporter. He claims they were off the record. The reporter says they weren't. There's a new book out. I actually just ordered it on Amazon, uh, the unauthorized uh, biography of Phil Mickelson. And in there he talks about, uh, he quotes Phil as saying, you know, these are some scary MFers. We know they killed the Washington Post reporter. Right. His, his explanation is I'm doing this because I think, you know, the PGA Tour is greedy and they need to do more to, you know, sort of compensate the stars of the tour. Yeah. Because I, I guess he feels like he hasn't been compensated enough through his tens of millions of dollars. Could this not be the sign that sometime down the line they may do that with basketball? With football, well, that's the analogy. Somebody, it'd be like it'd be like if if LeBron James said, "I'm sick of the NBA and yeah. the salary cap. I'm going to go out and start my own league. I'm going to attract." Yeah. But that's Backed I mean, by it's the easier, Saudis. It's easier said than done. I mean, yeah. you got to have there's traditions, there's history, there's sure. you know the legacies that Tiger Woods came out this week and basically you know rebutted everything Phil's doing and said, really? you know, I don't agree with this. Yeah. You know, 
I'm in it for the legacy and the history and you know guys like Jack Nicholas and Arnold yeah. Palmer helped start the PGA Tour and so there's more than just money it should be more you know about more than just money but if Phil got offered 140 million right to go another 10 years playing golf and right at his golfers, age yeah that's not a bad salary right and that's it? but it's fuel it's it, talking about morality it's the argument is he's selling his soul yeah, to definitely. the Saudi devil. Yeah, I'll go along and with that. And back to the gambling, we're really coming yeah. full circle here. Back to gambling, there's reports that he, you know, over a four-year period lost $40 million. Oh, goodness. And so he needs the money. So he's yeah. willing to do it, yeah. but but for his huge gambling debts and other financial problems, yeah. potentially, he's willing to do it. Versus guys who are on the PGA Tour now who are making plenty of money and, you know, not gambling away tens yeah. of millions of dollars, they're like, you know, I'm I'm happy here and because um, the big difference is what some people don't realize, like the PGA Tour prohibits paying players appearance fees. Mm-hmm. So Phil's argument is, hey, if I play in a tournament, that's a huge draw, that's a draw. for fans, right. et cetera. But they prohibit him from getting an appearance fee. So if he misses a cut, he gets zero. If he misses a right. cut on a PGA Tour event, he gets no money. That's right. And he's, you know, that's one of the things he, he is paid anyway by the Saudis. Right. The Europe, so they can get paid appearance fees. That's why some of these guys will go in years past. <clears throat> they've been granted exemptions to go play in <clears throat> China, Australia, yeah. Saudi Arabia, Emirates, like to go play in these non-PGA Tour events because they'll get an appearance fee. And so now the, the PGA is saying, we're not going to allow you an exemption to leave to play in that event. And if you do it, we might ban you from the tour. Because they'd see it as a real threat to yeah. the tour, which, you know, it is sure. in a way. Yeah. Although, like, do you really want to go live in the Middle East? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's, there's well, Dubai looks pretty good. At for $100 million, dollars, yeah. yeah, I might consider that. Yeah, because um, you could live like one of them. Right. But kid. that's the issue is he, he feels like, you know, the top, the top talent, the top, you know, him, Tiger, some yeah. of the bigger names aren't really being fairly compensated. Now, I mean, Tiger's point was we'll just go out and win. Right. Yeah, you, know, you go out and win, you win the money, and you know, you can get money through endorsements. Think how much money he squandered from endorsements. Oh, I know. I mean, he lost all of his sponsors, yeah, Phil. And, you know, he could have made I mean, a guy like him with his personality, I mean, he could have made ten million a year yeah. for, you know, the next twenty years being yeah. just kind of the likable, affable Phil Mickelson. And now it's like I mean, nobody's heard from him. I mean, it's yeah. kinda it's actually pretty sad to think about. Kind of, he went from winning the PGA Tour a year ago right. to now, like basically in exile. Nobody, you know, yeah. and you got a book coming out that's in, filled with embarrassing details. And there's another book coming out from Billy Walters, who Billy Walters is the guy who went to prison for the SEC violations. I don't know if you remember this. Phil got tangled up in an SEC investigation and was eventually just required to pay back a million dollars that he had gotten. Uh, in gains from insider information. Really? Billy Walters was the guy who fed him the insider information, and Billy Walters went to prison. So Billy Walters hates Phil Mickelson, and now he's got a book coming out. Those guys used to run around together and gamble. So it's all pretty interesting. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up here, man. This is a quick question. Sure. When do you got time to read, man? Mostly on the the toilet. (laughs) 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 If I have to be honest with you, that's a uh, Freddie. will say, "Daddy, what? All you do is read in there." I'm, like, I'm just trying to, you know, yeah. have some a moment's peace, exactly man. Right. A moment's peace. I look at a guy who works like your ass off, man, and I, you're reading books. You got to stay informed, man. I guess so. You got to stay. Yeah. I don't watch TV much anymore. 
Yeah. I watch Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Usually just the monologue. Yeah, I watch Let's Netflix uh, type thing. I'm watching The Flight Attendant right now on uh, some one of the channels. And I watch sports. The you Blues watch last the night. Do you watch, no. That's a no. good looking. Do you watch The Blues attendant. last night? Oh, Matt was watching The Flight Attendant. Man, I don't want to get too far into it. Jeez, what a, what a performance what from Jordan Bennington. That, that reminded me. I don't know if you saw on Sunday this game seven between the Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames and the Stars goaltender Jake Edinger made even more saves than Bennington deeper in overtime. That's what it felt like where Bennington literally did everything to steal the game. And at the end of the night, he ends with an L. Yeah. And also, I mean, he did make a lot of amazing saves, but he also they had like six posts. I've never seen a team hit that many posts in a game. And those were oh, really bucks that went past. Now, perhaps you could argue Bennington's so good. He he had enough space covered, to just just inside the post, and they wouldn't have gotten past him. Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely a luck factor there, but you just saw how dominant Colorado is with so their, fast, and they can play heavy too. I mean, it would be a real upset if the Blues can win this series. They heavy can if they play their best. There's no doubt the Blues can play better than they did last night, but losing to Colorado, as long as you don't get embarrassed or blown out. If it's a tight series, that is by no means an embarrassment. Oh, what a steal it would have been last night if they could have oh, won that, that game in overtime. Huge. Just one of the more improbable, if they would have won that in overtime, would have been unbelievable. All right, let me ask you this, Matt. Do you think Boston would lose as big as they did to Miami uh, last night? Because <laughs> you're a basketball fan. <laughs> I'm not, I have not watched much of the NBA this season. Fantastic series going on right now. Boston-Miami? Yeah, the game it just one? started yesterday. All right, I missed it. That's a... It's going to be Boston or Miami going up against Golden State or Dallas. And I will say, I would Dallas. love to see Jason Tatum, St. Louis. Uh, I would love to see that. That, but that, I'm a that Dallas would be cool. Fan. I'll have to start tuning into the NBA yeah. now for the rest of the run. Oh, it it'll be fun. That was something with Tatum too against the Bucks. How he just dominated, was, took over. Yeah. So I want to think that Boston can prevail, and that game one was just one of those hiccups, especially coming off a seven game series, but. It'll be a fascinating Final Four. Do either of you guys think Pujols will pitch again? No. <laughs> All right, that's it for the Mark Melvin <laughs> Show this week. Enough of the sports round fire. What time do we Mark. meet mom? Uh, I'm meeting my mother. You're not invited. Sorry, maybe next week. This is the Mark Milton Show with the Smash and Sally broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios. Remember, Miller Furniture with three locations, Belleville, Lake St. Louis, and Ellisville, 1.2 miles east of Clarkson Road. They got their Memorial Day Savings sale going on right now. They have $4 million in stock inventory ready for immediate delivery. You won't find a better selection of American-made furniture anywhere in the St. Louis area. Check them out at MillerFurniture.com. This is the Mark Milton Show with the Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios, presented by STLTaxLawyer.com.